and on on the eve of Passover, uh, he, he was in that upper room with them. And all the things that he wanted to share with them that they were not able to bear, they weren't able to receive before, he just begins to lay bare his heart. He begins to prepare them that now in these three years they're going to begin to become world changers. And he begins to speak about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. He begins to say, I am not going to leave you like orphans. I'm not going to abandon you. I will come to you. And he also began to say, I will send you another comforter. In the Greek, parakletos, the one who is close, the one who walks alongside. We just stretch our hands out and just say, Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Spirit of Truth. Welcome, Spirit of Revelation. Welcome, Comforter. Welcome, Spirit of Burning. Welcome. Welcome, Spirit of Glory. Welcome, Holy Spirit. He knows. He knows you better than you know yourself. He will lead. He will guide into all truth. Most of the time, we don't realize how much lies have had an effect on our behavior. Remember that the devil is the father of them all. And, and, and we need truth. We need truth to free us from the lies, the slander, the accusation that comes against our mind. I thank you, Lord, for freedom today. I thank you for freedom. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit is, Lord, there is liberty. He said he would come like wind, and he would sweep away the refuge of lies. Thank you, Father. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you, God. He is the one that will lead us into truth. We worship you, Jesus. You're just hungry for more, Holy Spirit. Just say that. Just say, 
Holy Spirit, come. Fill my life. Fill me with fresh fire. Just thank you for the stirring of gifts and operations of the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit descended and remained on Jesus there in Jordan River. He wants to descend upon Spirit of life. He wants, Jesus wants to breathe on us and He wants us to fully receive Holy Spirit. When He comes, He will convict. He will convince. He will reprove. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Spirit of God. Just wonder if our team could just lead us out in this song again. Just turn your hunger loose right now. Just say, God, I'm I'm hungry for a fresh move of your spirit in my life. I'm hungry for a fresh move of the spirit in Kearney, Nebraska. A move that will see the answer to Jesus' prayer that the Father will make us one, that the Father's love would be in us, that Father's glory would be in us. I believe. I mean, what we witnessed these past few days in Grand Island, I believe that something fresh is happening in Nebraska. I believe it. Thank you, Father. I just, I can't count the years of traveling up and down this corridor watching God work watching the miraculous watching places get wiped out and remember the the first reason the first time we ever came to Nebraska we were invited to do two services on a Sunday to pump people up about missions. Well, when we were homeless and didn't have any money, we just went wherever we were invited. And they said, look, you come, you you speak. We're going to, we'll have an offering for you of $500. And you just stir us, stir our people to give to missions and be involved in missions. That was our mandate. But after the evening service, after midnight, the pastor and his wife said, hey, hey, can you stay on? We said, sure, because, I mean, revival was also a place to live. Hallelujah. He said, but we have a board meeting tomorrow night and can you come to the board meeting first and 
we went into this boardroom and you could feel the tension in the atmosphere. You could feel strife and vainglory. You could feel this hostility in the atmosphere. But I acted like I didn't know it. And then after all this whatever business, all I could, I just sat there grinning like a mule chewing on Bob wire. I thought, thank you, Lord, I don't have a board meeting anymore. And then I started sharing. And as I began to speak, the men just started crashing to the floor. No, no one laying hands on anybody. The Spirit of God came into that room and just began to wipe everybody out. It was just absolutely crazy, wonderful. Glory filled that boardroom. I was laying on my back for probably three or four hours. I could not move. I needed to move, but couldn't. I could hear the conversations of the hearts of everyone in the room, and I would tell them what they were seeing and what they were thinking. I had a vision, an open vision of Grand Island. Didn't know anything about it. But I saw this massive oil well springing up. At five, I, I found out it was five points. And I saw fire come down on it. And I saw fire racing up the avenues of Grand Island. And homes that were connected to the street became places of warmth and beauty, like a Thomas Kincaid picture. Those that weren't were like Adam's family's houses. And I realized these were lost families. And the burden of the Lord for Grand Island and for this region began to get inside of me. And all of a sudden, laying on my back, I said, it's after midnight, isn't it? And they said, yes, it's one minute after 12. How did you know? With my eyes closed, I said, we just went into another realm. And that began a revival movement. What do I say these things for? I say right now, Lord, what you have done before, would you do it again? Will you not breathe on us again? Will you not cause the breath of heaven to come and quicken your church? That you would bring life to that which is dead or about to die. That's what revival is all about. I wonder right where you are if you say, Jesus, would you begin revival in me? Would you breathe into me your breath? If that's you, would you just stand up where you are? And just say, Lord, would you breathe into me today? Would you breathe your breath into me? Thank you, God. I wonder if we could just do the previous song about the breath that comes. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank Thank you, God. Come like a flame of fire 
Almighty rushing wind, our praise will rend the heavens. Come fall afresh again. Come like a flame of fire, Almighty rushing wind. Our praise will rend the heavens. Come fall afresh again. Like a flame of fire, make that our prayer. Almighty rushing wind, our praise will rend the heavens. Come fall afresh again. Come like a flame of fire. Fill this place, Lord. Almighty rushing wind. Rushing wind. Come fall afresh again. Come like a flame of fire. Almighty rushing wind. Our praise will rend the heavens. Come fall afresh again. Come like a flame of fire. Almighty rushing wind, our praise will rend the heavens, come fall afresh again. Fill this place, Lord. fill this place. Come in, spirit of freedom, come in. Spirit of truth, come in, spirit of freedom, won't you fill this place, fill this place, Lord, come in, spirit of freedom, come in, spirit of truth, come in, spirit of freedom, won't you fill this place, fill this place up. you fill this place, Lord, fill this place, Lord. Oh, just ask for more of him. Come in, Holy Spirit. Wake these dead bones to life. Wake these dead bones to life. Almighty rushing wind. Our praise will rend the heavens. Come fall afresh again. Come like a flame of fire. Almighty rushing wind. Our praise will rend the heavens. Come fall afresh again. Come like a flame of fire. Almighty rushing wind. Our praise will rend the heavens. Come fall afresh again. Spirit of freedom. If you feel burning or fire on you, would you just move to the front quickly?
What was it about Pentecost? What was it that fire was seen over their heads? What was it like when a mighty rushing wind came in? See, if we ever lose the supernatural peace, if we ever lose that peace in church life, we've lost what the church was born with. attached to it and of the increase of his government there shall be no end he didn't he didn't start it with a bang to end with a whimper there is a worldwide movement of the Holy Spirit that is unprecedented. If you could just come with me week after week, it doesn't matter Western Europe, Eastern Europe, Middle East, South America, it doesn't matter where it is. The Holy Spirit is moving. That's right. I think about Evan Roberts It's a 20-year-old catalyst for the Welsh revival before he was just consumed to see revival fall in Wales. And if, finally in a prayer meeting, he drew an imaginary circle and got in it and said, Lord, revive everyone in the middle of this circle. And something happened with the past. He would work nine, ten hours a day in the coal mines. And he would spend hours every night crying out to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for fresh fire today. Thank you, first of all, for the fire of desire. It's right where you are. Just say, Lord, would you breathe on my desire right now? Would you help me to want more? One of the prayers I pray regularly, Lord, I long to long for you more. I want to want for you more. I need to need you more. And out of that place of acknowledging, many times I see an inrush come in. Father, we thank you. We thank you for fresh fire. We thank you for the spirit of burning. We thank you for desire from God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for spirit of burning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. But it's going to pray a simple prayer corporately right now. And just say, 
Holy Spirit. Can you say that? Holy Spirit. Come and fill me fresh today. Come fall afresh on me. I receive you. Fill me now. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Would you go ahead and take it now? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this faithful witness, Father. Thank you, Father. This is uh, this is what we're just gonna do. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff handed me the mic. He said, "He said oh, you can take it now." I'm like, Thanks. Uh, we're just gonna we're gonna let him minister for a few minutes and just quietly ushers. If you want to come and just for our church family, we're gonna just receive our tithes and offerings while we're in this atmosphere. And if you just came prepared to give and you'd like to do that, we're just, just going to do that right now. And, and then in a minute, I think I think he's going to come back. And he might come back um, in a minute. So we'll see what happens here. He might come back. Lord, um, we just ask you to bless both the gift and the giver this morning. And thank you for blessing this church. We we come into agreement with revival. We come into agreement with the, to the ends of the earth. Lord, I bless uh, Grace Fellowship right now across town. God, that Lord, would you just erupt in their church? Lord, I th- Lord, they started two services a couple years ago. Lord, I ask that you would blow up their first service and that their second service would, would have trouble parking today. 
in Jesus' name. God, would you just bless Grace Fellowship, bless a new life down the road, and Jeff Baker. Lord, I just thank you for um, healings and freedom happening in lives over at New Life. Oh, Lord, the different pastors that we get to run with in this city. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for those uh, Bible-believing believing in the cross and the death, burial, and resurrection, Lord, those churches that we run with, Lord, would you bless their services this morning? Lord, we thank you for continued blessing over this church right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God bless you as you give this morning. seeing him and even if you've been you go to our church it's been a long time since he's been here um but i would say just maybe within the last couple years we had a divine setup at the san francisco airport we were going to the same the same church in Reading, and i don't know from there i was just like i think i need to get to know that guy just to be honest i was um for a while in my mind you were known as the weird one And uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted you at my church. And uh, the Lord started doing some stuff in me and that set up at Sanford's. I just, I, I need to be around this man. And um, and there's been some prophetic words he's had over me over the years. And then, um, I don't know, recently, I don't know when it was. Was it December, end of November, December? Mitch Ivy and I got to go down to Palestine where you live. And um, the conference was great, but sitting on your porch and listen to you tell stories of revival and about the, the turkey floating down the river when you didn't have anything and then you, there's a butterball turkey that you and your family get. I mean, just like, and every time you talk about Jesus and revival and miracles, the tears running down your face and I'm sitting there and I, I don't know how old you are, but I thought whenever I'm that old, I want to be able to tell stories and have tears run down my face. Pastor Jonathan, we thank you for the gift of he and his family to this city, to this church. We thank you, Father, that it is you who called them. Your hand is upon them. We ask you, Lord, for the more right now for this family. We declare abundance over them, Jesus. We pray right now just for the angelic. We thank you for angels of breakthrough. Angels of breakthrough being released over them. Thank you, Father. We thank you for Spirit of Life Church. Thank you for fresh, 
fire. Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can someone give him praise in the house? You know, it was uh, when we went to Abundant Life that first time, they had had some kind of troubled people that were coming in to cause problems. And so they taught all their ushers how to, to watch for and neutralize uh, troubled situations. And... That Sunday I was supposed to speak, I was on the back row with Ben Rosenswig. I mean, remember our dear brother Ben, what a great guy. And Ben and I were just getting blasted by the Holy Spirit on the back row, so we were back there laughing. Hey, I just want to say, laugh often, live well. Yeah, appreciate your enthusiasm right now. Laugh off and live well. And we were back there just laughing. Why? Well, we have joy. Y'all? <laughs> Joy's good, right? <laughs> and so we were back there laughing. And so one of the, I think it was one of the Mendic brothers, he, 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 see, he goes up to, he goes from the back. All, I didn't know what he's doing. He goes up and he started whispering to, the pastor, Steve Warner, he said, hey, pastor, there's a situation back on the back row, but we got our eyes on it. We, we got it. Cut. And Steve looks around. He said, oh, that's our guest speaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I scare myself, folks. It is good to be back. I remember with great fondness on the first time up on this place under the tent, I remember just uh, the fun that, that, that was and our children with the children of the church and it was just, uh, it just seemed like wow, this place God gave you a beautiful situation and uh, you are a city set on a hill we, we have been journeying for 23 years in this journey of abandonment we spend Many months living out of a suitcase and a carry-on, multiple nations. Last year, 15 different nations in those, in those four months. And uh, we see these crazy things, but it's just uh, the wear and tear is starting to, to, to catch up with us. And um, you know what? I need my glasses. My, my wife... Uh, Y'all, my wife's not here to cover for me right now. And um, so, yeah, we, this is the way we live. And it never, we never cease to get amazed at the stories, you know, the, the things that happen. Like, um, you know, we, we were in Cyprus. And one of our last days last year, this woman... She comes, it's a Romanian pastor's wife where we had revival there in that region of Romania and we saw several hundred saved in a week and then many thousands over the next several weeks and planted churches out of that revival. And uh, she, she told me 
last year, she said, Jeff, many years ago in Cluj, you went over to a boy and you laid hands on him and prayed and prophesied that he would be a leader and a pastor. She smiled at me and said, and Jeff, we just thought you were having a bad night. Because the boy was both physically and mentally retarded. But, you know, I, I, did, I didn't, I just, you know, I don't really think about what I do a lot. I just do. And, uh, and she, she was right there in my face with morning breath right before the worship room. And she said, and Jeff! It was as if from that night forward, God began to do a progressive miracle in that boy. He said he just graduated college. And she she said again and again like this, And Jeff, you can watch him walk. You can study his movement. And you cannot tell that he has ever had any disability at all. Thank you, Jesus. So, yes, we, you know, I could spend the rest of the day telling stories, but I want, I want us to look at Luke chapter 24. This is, we're in the time of Omer, we're the time of counting between Two wonderful feasts, Passover, Pesach, Shavuot, Pentecost. We just celebrated the passion of Jesus last weekend. We celebrated his death, burial, and resurrection. His power over death. His removal of the sting of death. His plundering of the grave. And this is just after he has risen from the dead. And there's these two guys. We'll pick it up in verse 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Here you have a couple of guys. Cleophas was named. The other one wasn't. They've witnessed all of this horror. This travesty of of justice. They've witnessed the complete and total humiliation of Jesus, of Nazareth, who had no sin. Who even Pilate's wife, she said, this, don't do anything with this just man. I've had a dream about him. You read about the manner and way that he was treated. 
You go there into Caiaphas' house just across the Kidron in Jerusalem, and you see the handholds of down in that house and realize that that's a, he, was, he was chained there. I mean, he had a rough life. And when you read Isaiah 53, you see really what he endured for all of us. That every bone was exposed. That his vicious visage was marred more than any man. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. But I love that part. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was laid on him. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And with his stripes, we are healed. Thank you for the release of your healing in this room today, Jesus. I am walking because of that scripture and that work. I had a disease they thought I would never walk again. I was completely unable to get out of a hospital bed in Dallas, Texas Children's Medical Center. They thought I would never walk again. The last night I was in that hospital room, I screamed most of the night. I could not walk. I could do a wheelchair, but you're 14 years old in a, in a children's hospital. That means you're the coolest. And so all these kids, burn kids, wards of the state, they wanted to hang out with me, so I'd lead them in procession up the halls on their tricycles. But I would get the wheel, wheelchair going real fast, grab the wheels, and pull a wheelie and spin it. And the nurses saw me and took away my wheel prayer, wheelchair privileges. I was confined to quarters. The last night was the worst night of pain I've ever had in my life. I've had, I've had malaria three different times. I was telling Will Hart, who spoke, he works, uh, he's a leader of Iris Ministry, Heidi Baker's, uh, and Roland Baker's ministry. And, um, you know, I, I told him, you know, the, the third time I, I got uh, malaria was in, in India, and I got the cerebral kind. And, uh, and, and I survived it because it, it kills most everybody that gets it. And, um, and uh, he said, you're the only, and they, have, they lose their missionaries all the time. He said, you're the only the second person I've met that's ever survived cerebral um, malaria. But, but it, it didn't affect me at all. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, so the scripture is dear. That night, I, I cried. I couldn't get, I, there was no relief from the pain. What was happening is uh, the ligaments were inflaming and deteriorating rapidly. The only relief came from a hot bath, but that, that, that required humiliation to get. And 
Somehow I went to sleep that night. It's like every time I start thinking about it, I just, I was just laying there. You know, right before this, or as the sun was coming up, I was just laying there. All of a sudden, I felt like fire just come on my body. And I knew that Jesus, I knew the presence of Jesus was in the room. And when I opened my eyes, I was, I just knew I was absolutely healed. And I got up out of that bed and I walked out to the nurse's station. <laughs> Good morning, girls. I'm out of my room. <laughs> And uh, before the day, we were released from the hospital with the doctor saying, we don't know what's, what's happened. We can't explain it. And they thought, the ones that I thought would never walk again, I just bought these shoes in Grand Island. They're echoes. I've walked through 53 nations carrying this glorious gospel. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Their eyes were not open. They didn't know who he was. And they were conversing. And they were reasoning. I just want to say, beware of carnal reasoning. Beware when, when you think you've got it all figured out. I mean, don't end up like in Romans, professing to be wise. That you, you miss it. I mean, the kingdom of God is... It's so easy to enter. It's children get it. One of my ongoing cries is, Lord, I don't want to become a religious professional. I want to stay open. I want to stay fresh. I want to mature into childlikeness. I want to continue to have the unleavened bread of sincerity. I just love the way Jesus, he just drew near them. Aren't you glad that Jesus hears, hears it when we manifest the spirit of stupidity? And he hears it, but he still loves us. He still wants to be near us. And then he just starts going with them. All right, let's, let's walk together. And he said, well, are you the only guy not 
where, where have you been? There was this guy, this Jesus of Nazareth. It was him who we hoped, you know, we thought he would be Mashiach. He, we thought he was the anointed one. We thought, da, 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 da. And he's right there with them. Very interesting. When you look and study in the, new, in the Gospels, the different way and manner that Jesus manifested himself. And I tell you, if you say only this way, but not this way. No, this can't be Jesus. This can't. No, this this fits to our Jesus. So this is the Jesus we receive. But he comes in so he came as a babe. He came as a child. He came as a boy. He came as a man. He came in transfiguration, where his whole visit. I mean, he was altered with glory. He walks with them long enough to stir their hunger. And let's turn, look on down. Verse 21, we were hoping that it was he was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this today, this is the third day since these things happened. Yes, certain of our women of our company who arrived at the tomb earnestly or early astonished us. Just like to stop here just a moment and say, thank God for the women. Brothers, the sisters are a blessing to us. Most of the time they get it faster than we do. But girls don't give up on us, all right? <laughs> Y'all. And when they did not find his body, they came and said they'd seen visions of angels and he was alive. And then certain of those who were with us went to the tomb, found it just as the woman had said, but did not see him. And listen to the words of Jesus in resurrected form. O oh, foolish ones, O oh, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things to enter into his glory? We see the correlation between suffering and glory. It's been my joy to sit with leaders that were interned in the Siberian gulags in Russia and to describe the glory that you would see, physical glory around their faces. One of them, Ivan Livecheck, had had his feet cut open, shoes and socks and warmth taken away from him, thrown into a snowy pit in, in Siberia in the winter. And after three days, he got up out of that pit and the guards were so astonished, they let him preach to everyone in the gulag. And he became the leader of the Pentecostal movement in the former Soviet Union. Thank you, Father, for glory. And then what Jesus did is he just opened up the Scripture to them. 
He expounded in all the scripture the things concerning himself. Wouldn't you like to have the teacher of all teachers teach you his word? And as he expounds the scripture to them, something begins to happen inside of them. Something begins to work inside of them. And as he was indicating that he, was the, he would go on farther, they said, please don't go. Please, would you stay with us? You mind if I sit down just for a little bit? You know, here in the West, it's just so... It's just so interesting to me when we, when we get back home here in the States. It's like everybody's in a hurry to do nothing. And there's this, always this press. Always the, the clock, the time. Always we've, you know, yeah, we got to do this. we got to do that. And life is such a vapor. And we, we can lose wonder. We can lose the celebration piece. We can lose, and all of a sudden, years and decades fly by. And we're, we're, what, what are we really living for? What are we after? I mean, in some of the cultures we go in, I know that it's going to be morning, noon, at night, and everything in between. They're going to be three, four, five, six meetings. And I remember one time flying across the Atlantic, landing, being ushered into a service, speaking, praying, prophesying over hundreds then I, I, I'm exhausted. And after midnight, I go to the place where I'm supposed to stay. And there's a room full of people waiting in the place where I'm going to sleep. Brother, we just have a short time. We receive communion. You can pray for the people. It's like, wow. Get up and have breakfast, and then all of a sudden there's people. And hours and hours, day after day, hungry people. How hungry are you right now? Anybody want more? They constrained him to stay. Jesus, we love your presence. We just, we want, we want tangibly to know your presence. And then he ends up breaking the bread. Came to pass that as he sat at the table with them, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And something happened when he broke the bread. It was something in his manner 
Something in the way he broke it that opened their eyes. Do you remember what he said concerning the religious, the Pharisees? Some of them, he said, that, you know what, they, the, the law things, yeah, you'll do them, but, but what they do, don't do. Because they, they were adding so much to it. And now, the teacher of all teachers, the rabbi of all rabbis, he breaks the bread. And in that moment, their eyes were opened. The ability to see is such a gift. All of us tend to have hindsight. Yeah. Some have foresight. That's wonderful. Lord, give us insight. Give us revelation. He opened their eyes. Then the next thing he opened was their hearts. Their hearts were open. And when their heart opened, they began to be aware of fire. Fire came. They started burning inside. Remember what first love was? With fire and passion. Remember, guys, in sports, uh, you know, the, the fire for the sport and the desire and maybe the career. You had fire for it. I mean, what would life without fire and passion be like? Jesus had so much fire. He had so much zeal. He said, it's consuming me. This is my Father's house. And they remembered it was written of him. The zeal of my Father's house has consumed me. Something happened that I pray happens to all of us. I pray this regularly. I ask God regularly, Lord, would you, would you burn in me? Lord, would your spirit of burning come? Lord, I don't want to ever end up just going through the motions. And then... As he opens their hearts with puts fire in them, he opens their understanding. And then let's look towards the end of twenty-four. He leads them out. He leads them out as far as Bethany. How many have been to Israel? Can I see your hands if you've been to Israel? Wow. Two? <laughs> Seems like I remember you in Israel. 
Yeah, you'll never forget that, will you? <laughs> the cool thing about going is everything comes alive to you. We do these tours and we tell our, our, our tour guys, listen, we're not trying to get to the next thing. If we go into encounter someplace, we're going to stay in encounter and the schedule will have to adjust. And Bethany is across from Jerusalem and then there's this deep valley called the Kidron. And so Jesus, in order... They would stay, you know, they would sleep on the ledges and on the rocks. It's just like this. You think, how in the world did they sleep? Gethsemane was right there towards the bottom. And now he's, he's in glorified form, and he leads them back to Bethany, perhaps one of the only places that he really found hospitality, Martha and Lazarus and Mary's place. And as he does, he does something amazing. He stretches out his hands. He lifted up his hands, verse 50, and he blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them that he parted from them and carried them and was carried up into heaven, and they worshiped him. And returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually. Can someone say the word continually? And they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Just prior to this ascension, what did he say to them? What did he command them? Anybody? What? Yeah. But first, he commanded them to go to Jerusalem and do what? To wait? Are you serious? You mean we have to wait? How many of you like to just thrilled to go to the restaurant and have to wait in line? My, isn't this nice? We get to wait for a half hour to get something to eat. Y'all are looking very sanctimonious right now. You know, how many like when you go to the restaurant, you hear the scripture, I say to you, Peter, rise, kill, and eat. <laughs> no, he told them to go to Jerusalem and wait. King James, tarry. What are we tarrying for? What are we waiting for? What were they waiting for? Somebody help me. The Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit worth waiting for? Is the Holy Spirit worth waiting for? I mean, what would it look like if we don't carry the power of the Holy Spirit? The church could not be born apart from the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus told him, you go and wait. You go and tarry. And, and then he didn't just like, leave it at that. He blessed them to do that. This is a, the neat thing that's happening in the earth right now is there the proliferation of prayer houses. There's proliferation of churches that carry prayer furnaces where they have ongoing prayer in the church. An entire movement, the Awaken the Dawn movement, our oldest daughter, her husband, they go to this awakening church there in the Washington, D.C. area. But it didn't start as a church. It started as a prayer meeting. But then it kept, people kept coming and things, things started happening. So they organized. Not a protest movement, but a prayer movement on the Washington Mall. It was absolutely amazing. Last week in Dallas, a place called Upper Room, some, some guys just got together to pray. They didn't, they didn't have a church strategy plan. We're going to plan a church. and this. No, all they wanted to do was pray. They wanted to pray for revival in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. They wanted to pray to see families restored. They wanted to pray to see God's kingdom come, God's will being done. And church, church happened. Ecclesia, koinonia happened out of prayer movement. I just, I pray for spirit of life, for, for this altar, that fire on this altar shall not go out. I pray in homes. I pray in businesses. I mean, I had a business, and we would start, we would start every day, my partner and I, praying. And I never will forget one day, my partner says, God's going to do something today. And, and I had gone to the job shack mid-morning to call suppliers, and my partner came running and said, hey, hey, Jeff, you gotta come quick, someone died, guys died on the job. And I went running, and all these guys, I'd, I'd wanted to, I'd asked the general contractor all of these projects if I could, he could wait to give all these guys their checks on Friday. Let me preach to them first. Have a captive audience. And he said, no, I can't, I can't do that, Jeff. I said, well, it's all right. I'll find another way. And so, so I go running, and all these guys that I, I, you know, they knew who I was. Most of them didn't like me, but I was all right with that. And, but now they're all surrounding this guy who is blue and purple, not breathing. And something just came on me. I said, get out of my way. And they, this part, and there's this guy dead laying on the ground. And I was just so, like, dialed up, you know. And I put my head on the guy, hand on the guy's head, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of death. I command breath to come back inside of you. And it was so cool. 
the moment my hand left his head, he sits up and his eyes pop open. And, and all these bubbas, it's like the collective oxygen of the area just gets sucked out. And I like so dialed up, I said, ha, ha, ha. and so I start preaching the gospel to all of them. And then I look down at this guy, and I, said, I don't know your name. I don't know if you serve God, but you're better. <laughs> and I found out two weeks later that the guy did get saved. And the humor of God was, I had a guy that worked for me who worshipped Garfield. And so, you know, you become like what you worship. So he had a red beard, red hair, smoked all the time and drank coffee and was always down in the mouth. He was in a restaurant with my landscape, sunshine landscape shirt on. And the guy that had been raised from the dead was there and saw my company shirt and said, you work for that preacher, don't you? Tell him that I gave my life to Jesus and that I'm serving God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. They were filled. They came. They waited. They tarried until the day of Pentecost was fully come. Can we have our worship team return? And then next to the last song that you guys did, I like that song. Thank you, Lord. Everybody okay? Anybody here want more? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What did it look like those days? Jesus appeared to them 40 out of the 50 days between Passover and Pentecost. Ten days. Ten always speaks of the number of testing. And there they were, in one place, in one accord. There's a direct correlation with unity and greater outpouring. There's something that happens when there's so much unity, commanded blessing begins to come. Oil begins to flow. Precious ointment begins to be released. There's something about Jesus' prayer he, he gets his prayers answered. And he said, Father, make them one. 
what would it look like where there's so much unity so much love so much common desire God we want you God we want to see your move in this land God we ask you to pour out your spirit fresh on our sons and daughters that you would release a move of the spirit that transcends ethnic and cultural backgrounds and unites us together Just imagine right now being one of those in that upper room. They weren't praying. They weren't praying out of duty. It wasn't some road thing that they were going through. They had a promise. I say it again, they had a promise. They had a promise from one who cannot break his promise, will not break his promise. Uh Uh-oh. I said, I'd like to be there, but in many ways I've been there. I've been in places where You have to stop prayer with a bell. You ask people to pray, and it's like the sound of many waters by the thousands they pray. They're not watching their watch or the clock. They pray until. In in Kiev, they do night prayer all night prayer somewhere all over the region every 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 night and it's really like if you can't beat them join them i mean you're not going to sleep anyway you might as well get up and pray with them and i witness service after service hundreds coming to jesus in that atmosphere i i witness congregations and churches being multiplied all over all over God really doesn't need our our latest strategy what he really needs is an open heart to say God I just want you to move fresh inside of me I want the fire of the Holy Spirit I want the spirit of burning to come inside of me. I want to see the fullness of your promise, the fullness of your kingdom working in me and working through me. I wonder this morning, 
Anybody have any holy dissatisfaction with where you're at? Anybody just again, I'm just want to just say, Jesus, would you come with fresh fire in me? Would you do a fresh word of revival inside of me? Would you guys lead us in this song? Show us your glory, show us your glory. 